want to share first my thoughts on a lot of a lot of benching happening uh, this past weekend. Okay, a lot of benching happened. All right, we had a world record attempt raw at 800 pounds, Julius Maddox. We had uh, a new all-time world record, Tiny Meeker's record of 11:02 has fallen um, by Will Barati. All right, um, my good buddy there, Rich Putnam, he hit a thousand pounds. All right, so that's something he's been chasing forever. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of benching happened this weekend. We got a lot to talk about. I was asked my thoughts. First off, I'll I'll touch on the 800 raw bench. Okay, I am astonished that at that level, they can misload that attempt. I think we're all, we're all in agreement there. I mean, that's something you got to double, triple, quadruple check. I mean, I remember, and this was just in training. I remember Ray Williams came to the gym and he did, um, he pretty much did his world record squat. I think it was ten fifty raw, and um, we were loading that sucker. And I remember I was holding the bar down because that thing was bending, and that was a, pow- a Texas squat bar mind you that thing was bending so much that i mean someone actually had to lift the side up so the plates wouldn't slip down so we could actually latch the thing and that was a training lift and i remember i was i was paranoid about it i was in back of him trying to spot this guy and i'm i'm counting out each plate there's like 11 plates or so on the side i'm counting each side we're all counting that shit making sure it's right because last thing we want to do is freaking misload um and I just can't imagine on TV, on ESPN, live stream, world record attempt, that someone doesn't quadruple check that weight or isn't paranoid about it. How do you miss five plates one side, six on the other? All right, that's just one of those things where complacency starts taking in because you've run a good meet so far and the misload happens and no one double checked it, no one triple checked it. Alright, I don't know how that happens. Alright, that's at the highest level. Live streamed. World record attempt. And it gets misloaded. Just a shame it went down that way. It's not a good look. That has to be super checked. It has to be quadruple, quintuplet checked. I don't even know what comes after that. Yes, uh, Minji says it was badly organized overall. Um, I I have not watched the whole thing there. I've just seen some clips here and there. So um, it must have probably been poorly run if, if that happened at the end. Um, I still don't believe that that could happen. I don't know how that doesn't get checked as much as it did. But uh, All right, so let's move on to the all-time bench record, which is now 11.05. Okay, 11.05. Um and it was completely torn up by Will Barati. I have not met this guy. Um, I don't know much about him. I do know Rich Putnam. He finally hit a thousand. It's great for him. Uh, he hit a thousand pounds. He's been chasing that forever. I remember all these meets he would attempt it. Uh, he got it official. It's in the record books. He's friends with Will Barati. It's all Metal Militia crew there. Supposedly this guy's super strong. And it, he did it in a bench, Daddy. I got no problems against that. I mean, any way you can push more weight is cool with me. I don't think I would do better in one of those 
uh, quote-unquote band shirts. Um, I don't believe it would fit my benching style. I rely a lot on uh, what I can get out of a shirt over 400 pounds. Uh, I've tried Rich Putnam's uh, shirt. It's constructed out of bands before. I had a hard time setting up, hard time getting my, my hands out in a position. So those shirts just wouldn't work for me. But, um, you know, more power to anyone who just to be able to handle that weight. And, I mean, if you've seen the video, he absolutely crushed this. This is 11.05. He absolutely crushed this lift. Okay. So, you know, take the bench daddy out of it. Just being able to, no one knows what 1100 pounds, if you're watching this, you probably don't know unless, unless Jimmy Cobb pops in here, you don't know what 1100 something feels like in your hands. That's some immense pressure, you saw that bar bending, whether he had a bench daddy shirt on or a regular shirt, that's some amazing weight to even hold. The thing's bending, alright, they had a good bench bar there, and um, he crushed that weight. You saw the video, popped right up. The other thing with those shirts is... I don't see as many grinds in those shirts. Either you misgroove it, you, you hit the groove, it usually comes right up. All right. Whether or not it's a banded shirt, that's an incredible lift. Tiny Meeker's record has fallen. We have a new all-time bench leader, Will Barati. Good for him. Congrats to him. Um, and, you know, I'm all for those shirts. So if you're trying to get a sound plate out of me ratting on those shirts... You know, ragging on them, I, I can't because uh, I'm all for pushing more weight any way we can do it. All right. I mean, that's you see, that's how bench shirts, you know, they were first constructed for safety. And then they progressed into this thing where we're trying to get as much weight as possible out of them. So it's the same type of mindset. We're trying to find any way we can get more weight in our hands and progress to another level. All right, so I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, but that's my thoughts, guys. I was asked my thoughts on that. But uh, good for him. Good for everyone that competed. I know the raw bench meet was a little bit of a shit show there. I can't believe the, the miss load. That was terrible. All right, guys, so let's get into it. We got some questions popping up here. Mike says, morning coach, now that Julius will have to go again, do you think the misload will affect his mindset? No, uh, I don't think so. Because when you get misloaded, um, you know, you don't, you didn't even truly feel that whole weight per se. Um, when you're misloaded, it just feels like, um, and I think he was misloaded in the lower direction anyway, but it just feels like Titanic. I mean, you know right away when you're misloaded, but I don't think that affects your mindset. Uh, I think it would affect him more if you flat out missed it, um, which he did the second time, but the fatigue that comes into play there, um, you know, is, is immense. Just holding that weight, I'm sure, and, and having those attempts before uh, completely fatigued him. But uh, I don't think it would affect your mindset going into it at a further date. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it's not like you took it and it was solely you missing that weight. I mean, that was a big screw-up. So, um, I fortunately, I don't think I've ever been misloaded. I feel like I might have at one point in time, by the way the weight moved because it was lower on one side, and that rarely happens to me. Um, and uh, I can't confirm that, but it still moved probably a little bit off, but... Um, I've never been misloaded to that capacity, but he'll be just fine. He'll come back strong. 
Logan Barbell says, I just bought a green double ply bench daddy and I've never used the shirt. Is the bench daddy similar and what do you think of the bench daddy? So it sounds like you bought a uh, bench daddy product there. All right. And uh, that's not the shirt. So the shirt, I think, is called the bison or something like that. Um, you got the uh, the tool there. And that uh, it would be very similar to the Bench Daddy shirt, but it's still going to be a good deal off of what a poly shirt quite feels like and how that grooves. The Bench Daddy, from what I've been told, is a much uh, higher groove. I mean, you see from uh, Will's Bench there. And um, Whiskey Forge says, Will used a Rob Farrell shirt called a Kruger. I've also heard of that one as well. Um, still in like that banded shirt category it's it's a whole new type of material on a shirt but um regardless uh those i hear you you take a uh, little bit of a wider groove it's more of a straight up and down type of deal uh whereas in a traditional poly shirt it's more like you're landing a plane versus landing a uh, helicopter is how i explain it um it's not very straight down uh there's much more tucking and kind of coming at an angle than there is in those shirts um, more of a raw groove, I'd say, you can keep in those shirts, which makes them very um, attractive for someone coming in and learning shirts for the first time because they can keep their same raw groove and still add a substantial amount to their bench. Okay, So that's why they're so appealing for people getting into um, equipped lifting as well. You don't have to change much. The po traditional poly shirts, you're definitely going to have to groove a lot different. Um, so, yeah, that's good to know there. And um, yeah, good luck with the uh, the shirt there, my friend, or the device you have. Uh, he saw the bison on the website, but just wanted something temporary that's sort of similar to the effect of a shirt, as in the rebound at the bottom. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll definitely accustom you to handling more weight. Uh, which is an important thing. Uh, I I love Rich Putnam's Bench Freak Band. That's a device I really like. That's uh, I think he sells it for seventy dollars. Benchfreak.com. Uh, different layers to it, so you can use different intensities. But it allows you to groove more like a bench shirt per se, rather than those bench daddy type of shirts. All right, so um, that would be my pick. That helped me out a ton learning how to tuck as I come down to the belly is that bench freak band so that would be my pick on uh you know if you really want a, a device that's going to simulate the shirt well for you all right let's get into some questions you guys can all drop your questions in uh, either YouTube or live and Instagram so you guys can drop your cues below we'll shoot the shit on whatever topic what's up NYZ sip of coffee to you Mike 198 what's up Mike I don't think I'll ever find myself down at the 198s again. I did compete. I uh, competed to Arnold 2017-198. Um, and I cut 27 pounds for that meet. And I said, I ain't going to do this again. I did it three times that year because it was a big goal for me to compete there. And uh, I said, I ain't doing this shit again. Because I could not sleep that whole night. I was ready to throw up. It was a tough, tough cut because most of them I had to weigh in the afternoon so I could do the major cutting in the morning and then just go to weigh in. That one I had to do it at night and then try to sleep it off, and uh, it was rough. 
So I don't think I'll find myself in a 198, but I do have some goals. Uh, next meet will be at 242. I'm about that walking weight. And then uh, I think I'll find my way at 220. And I want to make a run at uh, uh, some single ply numbers there too. So some exciting things, but I'm definitely dropping weight. And then uh, you can definitely feel it on the bar. Things getting a little heavier. So, you know, just try to keep nutrition as quality as I can and I'm trying to do 10k steps right now uh, about 15 pounds down a lot of that's that initial water weight but right now I'm trying to get into that uh, you know actually getting the fat off and, and have more muscle substance but uh, that 52 shirt that came in tight is not as tight now so it you know it's it's always a uh it's always kind of a wrench in the thing when you when you start losing weight and your body composition changes. I mean, these shirts fit different. How broken in you need them is different. So it's really an art to get the right the right shirt size, the right amount of broken in, the right adjustments to it. You know, you really gotta know what's going on and how you respond. You know, I've been lucky. I just do uh, Inzer SDPs. I got three different sizes now and. I know how that shirt really responds with me, and I know where I want to put it, what sizing I need, you know, so uh, pretty pretty okay with that. Right, any questions, guys? I got some from Instagram the other day. Uh, this is a popular one. At the paw 13, uneven bench press, and how do I fix it? So for an uneven bench press, we talked about this a little bit last week. That's where one side's coming up faster than the other. I'm just going to take this championship belt. All right, it's not on the line. I'm just putting it down. All right. So that's when one side's coming up clearly quicker than another side. And uh, what you can do with that, all right, either it's one side's weaker, which could be the case, but what ends up happening most of the time is that one side you're actually uh, is longer. You know, it's not usually the limb length, but it's more you are lacking the ability on one side to really retract back with your with your scapula. Therefore, it keeps your out, arm out longer. So it's usually some type of mobility restriction, I'd say, most of the time, than it is actually one arm being longer than the other. And uh, what you can do, one quick thing you can do is on that side, just bring your hand out a tad bit more or make that adjustment finger length maybe two finger length top but just that small adjustment will help even things out because one side is is obviously longer than the other um for whatever reason okay and then if it is a strength issue one side's lagging usually just bringing more focus to locking out at the same time uh will help that you can do more tricep work on one side you know, if you are doing tricep work, single arm, and you notice one side's very weak versus the other, then certainly I would do that. But if you don't see a big disparity in your one arm tricep work, um, then I would just try to strictly focus on locking out at the same time, getting the same pop off your chest. You're probably just not in tune with, with activating both sides at once. And that might be something where speed work becomes valuable for you, or just working lighter bench presses and just focusing on that. So those are some different ways you can attack an uneven bench press. Um, but the, the finger trick, just coming out a little bit, that typically will work all right for you. All right. Uh, Logan Barbell, I see a lot of people doing JM press as an accessory. 
but I heard somebody doing as a max effort lift for a two to five rep max. Do you think JM press should be a max effort lift? Um, so if you're running a conjugate style program, uh, I certainly see it becoming a, a max effort lift. I don't see it becoming a max effort lift uh, in any other capacity. But in a conjugate system, you have so much turnover on different movements that, sure, I could see that happening. Um, that's number something I've programmed or I've done. Uh, the JM press, I've always done more as accessory, higher rep, uh, because I wouldn't like to put my elbow in that type of a precarious position. Because when you're in a JM press, it's more friendly. It's not like a skull crusher where the weight is, is way away from that that um, axis point there. But... Um, with a JM press, you're just kind of dumping the elbows. It's a little easier on the, the elbows because it stays in a straight bar path. But uh, still, I, I wouldn't prefer to put myself in uh, that type of position with max effort type weight. So not something I do a program. Um, but if you tolerate it well, I don't see why you can't. I don't think I would do a one rep max, but certainly maybe that two to five rep range that you were saying. Mike 198 says feet up benching. 10s, 8s, 6s, 5s. Should I go heavier? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by the uh, the s's. I guess just 10s, 8s, 6s, and 5s. And he's wondering if he should go heavier. You could go heavier if you'd like, there, my friend. Uh, I've certainly done feet up three rep maxes before. You could do one rep two. Depends on how you're structuring your programming. But I mean, same as uh, feet down. I mean, you can. You can spin that to be more of a hypertrophy range, or you could do it more as a, a max effort type range. So, really up to you and how you're um, coming up with your programming there, how you're breaking that down. So, you can definitely go heavier feet up benching. Don't shy away from that. All right. What do we got coming in here? Alex Perez. What's up, my friend? Sip of coffee t shirts. It crossed my mind at one point. Crossed my mind, so maybe sip of coffee to you. Maybe we'll do that. Minji, any tips for female lifters? It takes forever to add even a tiny amount of weight to bench compared to other lifts. Uh, yeah, so bench in general for men and females uh, are is gonna progress much slower typically than you might see a bench or a deadlift just because we're not going to be handling as much weight so a five pound gain in the bench is, is almost relatable to like a 15 pound gain on a deadlift or the squat uh, so in general it's just going to move slower okay but um I, I wouldn't say it, it has to move slower for females i'll just say the total poundage probably look a bit different okay so maybe let's let's say a man at 400 pounds versus a woman at 200 pounds you know, equally impressive lifts, but you typically for men, they're going to get to about that 400 pound range, and you can even equivalent that to the uh, a female getting to 200. It was a big milestone. It's about probably the same amount has gotten to both. Um, you know, so a female's perspective, that's a lower number. So a two pound gain for them would be like a five pound gain for men. So in that retrospect, if you break it down doesn't mean that a female has to to gain slower per se it's just less total weight but relatively it's still an impressive amount so keep that in mind 
because um, it's easy to think, oh man, two pound gain, you know, you work so hard and you just get that. And then you see male counterparts, you know, 10 pound gain here. But, you know, a 10 pound gain is just as good, or a two pound gain is just as good as a 10 pound for a man. Um, so keep that in perspective first off. It's a lot of perspective there. But um, that being said, I do have some tips. I think working heavier a little bit more often is valuable for women. Uh, I think working upper body hypertrophy more often uh, or having a little more emphasis on that is uh, good for women to do. More, uh, you know, actual keying in on pec strength, chest strength, shoulder strength, um, and you know, just keeping that high intensity work in there I think is valuable. And then I think actually doing more frequency for women uh, is, is key as well. I think they can handle more benching more often than uh, men can, all right, just because it's not going to be as fatiguing. So those are my general recommendations for, for women. And uh, I would typically keep heavier benching in closer to the meet, all right. So I would actually work up to like opener weight the week of a meet, whereas men I typically will have them hit the opener two weeks before. And then the week of the meet, um, you know, they'll take like warm-ups or something like that. But women will keep heavier benching in closer to the meet. All right, because recovery is just going to be quicker at the end of the day. All right, uh, but that really depends. Everyone's individual with it, but hopefully that gives you some tips uh, to work off of. But keep in mind, it's a lot of perspective as well. Um, a two-pound gain is definitely significant. KS, what's your best video on spreading the bar? The bench press descent never feels right to me. So I think what you're going to want to watch, my friend, is we have a YouTube playlist. There's a playlist on our channel, uh, Back Tightness. I still have to add some playlists and whatnot on some different subjects, but definitely check out back tightness. That's going to uh, be significant for you, all right, because the, all the um, stuff I talk about in back tightness in, in those videos is all about creating your tightness to the, to the bar and then really uh, honing in on the descent because the descent's all about are you tuned in with that back. All right, so that's the playlist you're going to want to check out. Okay, go to our channel, check out playlists, go to the uh, the back tightness. All right, let's see. GB2000, do we really have to increase our body weight to get stronger on pressing exercises? No, you don't have to. It'll certainly help, but you don't have to. Um, you know, it, it's definitely going to be a big booster. And if you lose weight, it becomes harder to really add to your bench press, but... You could certainly become lighter or stay the same weight and continue to increase your bench. Um, I'd say the best way to do that is really by, uh, especially if you're dropping weight, just keeping more high-intensity work in there, uh, more what I call quote-unquote nervous system training, speed work, um, max effort work, you know, kind of more like conjugate style of programming. Uh, because that's going to allow you to maximize your ability to lift heavier weight with the muscle mass you already have and not necessarily depending on adding muscle mass uh, or just body mass in general um, to increase your bench. Okay. Alec Perez. Yes, best visual for bar bend. Yeah, so again, on the, the, uh, the back tightness playlist... Um, but I can also send you those, my friend. Uh, Alex is in our, our coaching program. 
uh, shout out to Alex and um, so I can I can definitely send those to you as well um, but I do have one that's uh, you'll see in there the best tool you need for uh, back tightness something like that that's gonna be the best visual I think for um, the bending the bar concept you said spread the bar too um, that I would think like a lying band pull apart right? if you're lying on the bench and you're doing pull aparts I mean that's what we're trying to do when we're talking spreading the bar but we don't want to just solely spread the bar we also want to have that bend on it too um, just to have that tightness in place too uh, Mike 198 said, like, can you explain the board gauntlet yeah so the board gauntlet I just posted up um, a uh, demonstration of that on our YouTube too is maybe why you're asking uh, the board gauntlet is it's nothing new it's nothing new and it's certainly called the board gauntlet to some that's just something that I came up with actually maybe I don't even think I came up with that I actually took that um, one of our uh, athletes Adam Bell uh, he was doing whatever we we're calling that and then uh, his his kids were helping him out and they I think they came up with the term board gauntlet and I was like wow that's a really cool term we'll roll with it so that's kind of where that came from so all the credit goes to Adam and the, the Bell family there and his kiddos for for coming up with that one but uh, the board gauntlet is just you're you're going a certain rep range right so whether you're doing five six seven eight reps don't really matter but I'd stick in that five to eight range um, I would hit that number to the chest, add a one board, add a two board. You just keep adding boards after you hit five, six reps or whatever. Uh, and then you could go to your burnout. You could go to your complete how many boards you can come up. Um, or you can end up pyramiding down, you know, however you want to spin it. It's really to emphasize triceps. Um, you know, it's going to be a heavy emphasis on lockout. You're going to fatigue right at that lockout when you're at the high board. Um, but it's also great for work capacity, okay? You're getting a lot of volume in there, a lot of endurance. Um, so it's just a great way to finish out a workout. So we'll do that on our uh, Friday bench session. Uh, people come by. Um, we all lift at the uh, at the HQ here. And uh, it's just strictly bench-only training on Fridays. Uh, we all go in rotation, and we'll usually last lift of the day. Uh, many of our athletes are, are just hitting the board gauntlet. You know, it's a great way to finish out the session. And it's fun. It's fun to do. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, hopefully that makes sense there, my friend. All right, let's see what else we got going on. Minji, thanks for answering, Coach. Feel more encouraged. Absolutely. You know, always keep in mind the perspective. That's big. Go to tricep exercises. From Ryan is Rhino76. Uh, so, I mean, a tricep, I love all tricep stuff. Uh, I love push downs. Push downs, any sort of push downs, I, I'm really into. Um, the X band tricep push down. I love the rolling dumbbell triceps. The banded tape press, that's something that I was messing around with, came up with that. Uh, that one I really like too. That's a great burnout. Uh, it's very specific to how you bench too. So check out on our YouTube banded tape press. Um, that's one I'm really pumped about. I'll probably throw up some more videos on that. But um, uh, yeah, those are some of my go-tos. I guess push downs, a banded tape press. Uh, the California press is helping me get some more tricep volume in. 
Um, JM Press is great. So I'm doing all of those right now. Doing all of those. But there's no right or wrong. It's just, I would go with, uh, you know, I think of our athletes a lot of different accessories. And um, you know, something I always want to key in on is what they're feeling more. You know, I want to really, uh, if something's addressing a weak point, you're feeling its significance, fatiguing you significantly, we want to hone in on that and get better at it. So uh, that's going to be a, uh, a big thing. So when determining which exercises to do, try a lot of them. Try a lot of them and then, uh, and then pick which ones that you like the most. Okay, um, we got another from uh, Instagram the other day at Alex L Thick Boy. I fail four inches off the chest, then it's smooth sailing. What should I do? So he's failing about mid range. Uh, if he can get past that sticking point, it's easy. All right. So first off, I would just look at if he's doing like a sink and heave type of um, benching. All right, because if he's dropping position, looking for that pop, that's typically, or if it's very loose off the chest, I mean, you'll get it going, but then you're probably going to stall out around that point. So typically that's what might be happening with someone. If it's truly that you are in a great position, a lot of back tightness, a lot of, a lot of tightness on the chest, and then you press and you do get stuck in that range, then it's going to be tricep training just as if like an equipped lifter you know so it would be your your board pressing pin pressing floor pressing those are my go-to adding bands of chains to those uh doing them close grip you know all that type of stuff playing around with low reps versus high reps you know finding what you like to do there so uh that's how i would attack that mid-range sticking point but first i will look at your technique is your technique conducive towards overcoming that sticking point all right see anything coming in on the YouTube all right fundamental craft hey bud I can't for the life of me figure out a way to stop my wrist from hurting when going anywhere near 80 plus percent any specific ideas to increase wrist stability they're completely bent backwards so that sounds more uh, like an issue of where you're placing the bar in your wrist if they're continually getting bent back uh, if you're benching off a traditional power bar, you're not a super thick bar, um, if you get that, that placement low enough, you shouldn't really have a problem. Um, you know, is this happening with lighter weights or just with the heavier weights? That'll be important too. You don't want to rely on wrist wraps. You know, it should add support, but it shouldn't make up for a lousy bar placement and your wrist getting bent back like that. You should have the ability to keep your wrist straight without wrist wraps too. So uh, if you're watching live, guys, what I'm doing, I'm pointing to my hand where you want that bar to really sit. And something I'm struggling with now, and I'm benching with a bench bar, saber-tooth bench bar, the thicker bar. I don't have huge hands, guys. I'm not even a huge person. I got little arms, little hands. You know, I'm I'm built really awkwardly. Deadlift's like a freaking mile for me. So uh, just keep that in mind. But uh, what I'm pointing to on my hand, you can see how low that is. I'm going to draw that mark here where i want to keep the bar see right in the middle of that thumb meat most people have it up above okay i want that bar right there on my thumb meat okay there's that chunk right down here i'm going to sit it right in this groove here <clears throat> okay come across the hand i'm going to keep it really low on this side most people's bar placement is right here and they think that is low all right i want it more here and i want to crank around on it 
okay? So hopefully that visual, and we have uh, videos if you're listening and, and you want to go check that out. We definitely have videos on hand placement for the bench press. So check that out on YouTube. You'll get that visual. But uh, hopefully that helps, my friend. I doubt that you're probably keeping a bar that low. So that's why I suggest uh, working on that. Okay. I'm sorry. Every time I tap on the screen here, it's fuzzing me out of the background. Uh, Fundamental Craft also says, I tried to do the whole diagonal bar placement thing, but can't seem to keep that position after the first rep or two. Also have tiny hands. Um, all right, so if you're starting in a good position and then you're starting to bend back, then it may be a wrist stability issue there. Um, some things you could do for that. I like uh, the kettlebells, the uh, upside down holes there. So that's great to do. Uh, if you want to just load up a kettlebell. Well, I have the, the kettle grips. That's a product where you could put a dumbbell in. Um, a shell casing and it makes it a kettlebell or if you have kettlebells available you can just hold them upside down bottom up right try to it's a thicker handle but try to get that into the groove same way that you would a a bench right and just hold it all right because it's going to want to flop around on you but you have to uh, stay nice and tight with it okay so i would work on that i think that would be probably the most helpful thing that you can do um other than potentially maybe addressing some forearm strength too um and then just building it up so not wearing wrist straps and just doing a lot of volume uh where your threshold is don't allow it to bend back but build up volume uh with your wrist straight so those are some ways i would attack that uh ryan let's see oh yeah i don't want to miss any geopower 50 coach what is your go-to back exercises for best carryover to stronger more stable benches without wasting time on fluff exercises so how i'd spin it my friend have a movement that's heavy that's a like a heavy base strength builder so a barbell row a t-bar row you could even do a seated cable row but have some type of strength building movement and then immediately superset it with a hold whether it's a lying lap pullover type hold or it's a kneeling pullover type hold or uh, you just do a banded seated row hold or a high row hold but do some strength base that's five to eight reps all right get heavy with it really um, you know build up your back with that and then immediately go into a hold pattern where you're holding something for 30 seconds and working on that back stability I think that one-two punch and constantly having that in your sessions, and that's how I'm programming my athletes right now, uh, I think is going to be an enormous benefit for your back strength without wasting you know, a bunch of time on all that, that fluff, as you're, as you're saying. You know, nothing wrong with having a dedicated back day. Certainly, if you can slam your back with a lot of great work, um, you know, that's going to be beneficial to you. Okay, but... Um, that's a great one-two combo nice strength based movement low rep go immediately into a 30 second hold on a movement okay so hopefully that helps you out there my friend all right ryan chang hey coach ben i tend to get stuck mid-range any tips on the transition i get good power off the chest but it hits a wall midway uh yes my friend so uh actually i'm gonna uh, we just answered that 
So um, I'm gonna have you tune back in, but at the, at the uh, gist of it, it, you gotta first watch how your technique is. If you're not sinking, heaving, or you're not loose on your chest, because that'll immediately cause that. Typically, if you're good and tight at chest level, good back tightness, good control, you fire up and you're still stuck. You're gonna do a, a lot of pin pressing, floor pressing, board pressing. Uh, usually closer grips, adding bands or chains, all that's gonna help you out. Play around with high rep versus low rep. Okay. That would be, uh, and, you know, the bands, bands of board press, that's a tough one because right at that transition point when you're the weakest, you know, you got to speed up because that band's going to kick in. So that's a, that's a great one for working on that. GL Power. Thanks, Coach. I've incorporated that bar hand placement for bench from your videos, and wow, my bench is blown up. Yeah, I appreciate that, my friend. I love hearing that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, punch with the palms. That's, that's my big thing. You know, in terms of bar placement, think punch with the palms. Because if you're punching with your mid hand, I mean, that's not comfortable. Nor am I putting more much force. You know, if this is a wall here and I'm punching it, or if I'm hitting up near my fingertips, I'm not putting much force into this. If I'm taking the base of my hand, just like when I bench, and I'm boom, see how much force I can put into that. All right, so same type of concept there. All right, punch with your with your palms. Logan Barbell, should I be sticking to chest and upper back exercises if I miss right off the chest? Uh, yes, I would say yes, uh, back especially. Chest, yes. Um, I would really focus on just spending more time down there too. So I always talk about doing a lot of pause work, t-shirt presses, which is pretty much like a spoto press, but the goal is to be as low as possible. Um you know, just living down there more. Every, uh, you know, all our athletes, I tell them, hey, pause all your lifts in training. You know, the only time we're not going to pause is probably on some speed bench work early in the training cycle where I'll allow some touch and go. Other than that, I mean, we're pausing everything because that's, that's a component of the lift. Uh, there is no federation that doesn't make you pause on your chest. Maybe you don't have a start call, but you always have a pause on the chest. Therefore, we're always going to train that, Okay. Oh boy, got some of my smart coffee on my beard here. Sip of coffee to the working man out there. It's supposed to be my smart coffee. It's one that tastes like someone dumped tea in my coffee. Mm. Put more creamer in this time. It's a little bit better. Alright guys, any more questions coming in? We got one from uh, that the hybrid hillbilly. This is a good question. Would longer armed adventures need more tricep or pec strength? Okay, and how I'd answer that, as I'd say they would need more tricep strength because a longer arm bencher, one of the advantages they do have, and you ever heard Josh Bryant, who's, in my eyes, he's, he's the king bench coach out there. You guys got to be following Josh Bryant. You follow anything I talk about. I mean, you certainly follow him because he works with some of the best. And um, you know, he says the one advantage that longer arm benchers have is they have a longer eccentric phase. So they have more time to, to build up tightness, travel a further distance. Um, the kind of you think of it as a spring, they have more time to kind of compress that spring. So I don't think they need as much pec strength as they do triceps because they're going to get a pop off their chest. They load up their back well, they stay in a good position, going to get some pop off the chest. What's going to help finish that because they have such a long bench stroke is the triceps. So that's going to be critical for them. 
Um, so I'd say they, more than anyone, probably has to focus more on arm work um, than pec strength. But both are going to be very important. I mean, you can't undermine the, the, uh, the importance of the pec strength. Uh, you still need that at the end of the day. But I'd say tricep a little bit more heavily emphasized. Yeah, but that's a great question as well. Um, so appreciate that. Hybrid Hillbilly, always got the best ones. Always got the ba best ones. Thank you, Geopower. All right, let's see what we got here on Instagram. I want to get to everyone's. Larry, what's up, Larry? Hey, Coach, any thoughts on J.M. Blakely and his training methods, specifically how he trained himself? If you have any knowledge, he seemed to be a 6x6 six six guy working towards 6x3 law of, a, of specificity as well. Um, I did listen to his podcast with Elite FTS, and... Um, I think I remember how he, he said he was training. Uh, it might have been six by six, and then when he could do every set at six reps and not have to you know, miss a rep or whatever, then he got to like a six by five and ended a six by four. Um, so I, I think that's how it, it panned out. Um, I It's a very basic progression. Um, you know, I don't think there's much variance other than go in and, and try to build up to this volume with a certain working weight and then it starts to increase and whatnot so uh you know everyone's got a little bit different twist on it i don't think that's a a bad method um nor i don't think it'll work for everyone uh so you know it, it really depends on the individual and uh you know the i've uh you've been coaching athletes now for for quite some time and one thing that i uh if I, you know, observed anything is that it's really a individual basis on what people respond to, what they need. Um, it's not going to be the same for everyone. There's a lot of play that goes into it. Okay, so that's what my program templates. There's got to be a lot of changes made to those to, to really suit someone. You got to know how to tinker with it to get the best results because everyone needs a little bit of a different look. So I think that probably worked awesome for, for JM. Will that work for someone else? I don't know. Um, but it seems like a, uh, a good progression. It seems like it, it, it would make sense. So, um, you know, I, I, nothing against that, but you know, it's it's really tough when talking programming because everyone's gonna be so different with it. You know, I'm not one of those guys that's gonna be like, "Hey, five three one's the way to go." You gotta go five three one or the highway. You know what I mean? Uh, conjugate works. You know, basic linear progression works. You know, at the end of the day, you know, even more so than the programming, I think most important thing is the intensity that you bring to a session. Uh, training partners are invaluable. Our training partners are a necessity to really fuel you, to keep you pushing hard. Um, you know, you, you want to surround yourself with people who are stronger than you. You know, when you see them lifting big weights, all of a sudden bit lifting big weights becomes easier to you. All those things are super important. All right. I know if I was, I'm, when I'm training with my crew on Fridays, all right, the next biggest bench that's happening in that session is maybe 400 pounds. Okay, maybe 400 pounds, and then I got seven, 700-something pounds in my hand, you know. So 
I'm sure if I was training with someone consistently that was benching 800, 900,000 pounds. You know, if I was going up and benching with Rich Putnam off and seeing them lift the weights they're lifting and always knowing I'm that little minnow there in that big pond, that big lake, right? That fuels you to get stronger. You know, if it's a mental switch, I don't know. But more so than any program, it's that innate desire to just push yourself and go beyond and have that belief in yourself as well. Um, you know, I strongly believe that's one of the most powerful things you can do over anything is uh, surround yourself with stronger people and, and just really push yourself and, and have belief in yourself mentally. Okay, so hopefully that uh, helps uh, answer your question there, Larry. Logan Barbell, I heard you talk talking about pausing earlier. When I pause, I sink it into my chest. Is that bad or good? So uh, you want a little bit of sink, but not much. So if you're sinking into the chest and your position starting to collapse down or you're feeling that pressure come off your traps and start to come down to your upper back or you're lifting your head, those types of things, then it's, then it's not good. Then it's something I don't coach. Because uh, then you're looking for momentum from the legs and that kind of thrust and pop to get the bar moving. But um, you, do, you don't want to turn it into a spoto press at the end of the day either. You don't want to take the full brunt of that weight. You want to deload it somewhat, kind of like sitting back on a box. You know, If we're doing box squats, we want to get into the box a little bit. We don't want to just tap the box and go or else it's just a depth check. So... Um, same type of concept we don't want to hold the whole brunt of the weight down here for that pause command we want to sink a little bit but not so much that you know we're ever sacrificing position it's just we hit it and then get the press if we go all right and same with the boards i see mistakes made with the boards all the time this is a quick tap and go uh, we want to treat boards and any board work as an extension of our chest so when i'm doing board work i'm not just looking for a quick tap and go because it's going to be a shitty press when i'm doing board work I'm trying to treat it as an extension of my chest, right? I'll hit the board, and I'll even deload it a little bit. I'm not sacrificing position, but I'll let it come into the board a little bit. And then from there, boom, fire the triceps through. So hopefully that makes sense and helps you out there, my friend. Uh, Roberto Castaneris. Hello. I want to make you a question. What do you think about the best rep range, uh, best range, for accessories for the bench. Sorry for my English. I'm a huge fan from of you from Argentina. What's up, my friend? Olaf from Argentina. <laughs> That's Spanish. Anyways, uh, we want to talk best rep range for accessories. I don't have a, be a best rep range for you. Um, I For accessories, it's usually not less than eight. That's usually my lowest. Accessory is usually an isolation movement. We're doing 8 to 20 reps on most things. Some heavier based work is going to be closer to the lower rep range. 6 to 8. The tricep pushdowns, little isolative moves like that, we're typically going to do for higher reps. Okay, so the more complex the movement, the more, think of it as the more fatiguing the movement is naturally. You know, tricep pushdown, not really. Uh, barbell row, a lot tougher. That barbell row is going to be more 6 to 8 reps. Tricep pushdown is going to be more 15 to 20. Okay. 
uh, heavier tricep work might do jam press. That'd be like six to eight reps. So the more exhausting the movement, the lower reps. This is usually the more it involves. Tricep pushdowns, little work like that, higher reps. Okay, but that's a great question there, my friend. Secondary work, typically even lower, three to six reps, somewhere like that. And uh, Eric says, thoughts on JM press, please. The JM press, I'm a fan. I've been doing it in my training. Um, I don't go heavy on it, so we discussed that a little bit earlier here on the talk. Uh, you know, I don't go heavy on the JM press. I'll keep it higher reps. Uh, I just don't want to load that position heavy. Um, you know, a little precarious position on the elbows there. Uh, if you can tolerate it well, I don't see why you can't go heavy, though. But um, not something I do heavy. I do it more higher reps. But I am a fan of the jam press because it does. It's not like a skull crusher. It does protect your elbows a little bit because it's a straight bar path. Uh, no condo says. Let's see. Do you have any experience on pec tears? Should I be even worried about it as a natural lifter? So I, I have never, you know, not gone wood here. I've never torn anything, um, and. I've never torn anything, you know, hopefully never do, but I'm sure something's going to happen down the road because no one really gets through this unscathed in a long period of time. All right. Uh, I won't think about it, and I definitely encourage you if you've been, you know, good so far, don't think about it. Think about executing your lifts. But I wouldn't be worried about it. No, especially if you have a good warm-up. You do things smart. You know when to back off. You know when things don't feel right. You know, a lot of avoiding things. Um, if you're at the top of your top of the game and you're trying to push some numbers, that's when people get hurt more because I can see why. You know, it's like a, it's like a top athlete in any sport. They're going to push themselves. You know, why they're at the top is because they push themselves like nobody else. Okay, therefore, though, they're probably going to get injured more often. You know, typically going to happen because they push themselves so hard. So those minor things that someone else may say, oh, okay, let me back off here. They're going to push through that. They're going to keep getting their work in. Okay. Same thing for powerlifting. You're at the top of the game. You're probably going to push through those things more often than not. And therefore, your chances of something like that happening may be higher. But if, you know, you're just in this to improve your numbers, you know, you're not going for any type of world record. You know, I always encourage our lifters because they got more they got more going on than, you know, trying to be the top dog in the game. You know, they got families, they're they're older lifters, you know, they're just trying to hit their, you know, some some records that mean a lot to them and federations and you know, just keep them progressing their lifts, which is fine. So for them, it's gonna be smarter to back off when you're feeling something that's not right. And you know when something's not right. You get a little you know, discomfort here or there. You know, powerlifting is not their job. They're not getting anything out of it. They can't afford to have those things happen. So typically, you're going to be fine if if you're just smart about how you train. But free free uh, sorry freak accidents do happen that you have to be wary of. Okay, freak accidents happen. You know, like I say, I can be careful as I want. I might pe- uh, I might tear my pec one day. Who knows? But I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to continue to do the right things. And that's what I would encourage you to do, my friend. Eric Bell, any tips for leg hip mobility as I cramp when getting tight? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're if you're encountering issues there, um, just warm-ups in terms of stretching the hips out. You know, I go for a walk. I try to go for a walk before I do my bench sessions. Just walking more, moving more. I do the Ramwad. That's, uh, I'm in like a yoga-based thing. It's kind of like, uh, like a CrossFit 
type of deal. Um, well, CrossFitters do it. I think that's why it got popularized. Um, but it's great little yoga stretching routine changes each day and stuff. Um, so I do that. But uh, before I bench, I warm up the lower body just as hard as I would uh, the uh, upper body to avoid those types of things. And usually doing soft tissue where you're starting to cramp and stuff um, helps out with that. But definitely an area that I, I'll key in on. All right, guys, I'm running out of batteries here on my phone, so I'll take a few more. Let's check out Cyborg. I haven't heard from him yet. Hello, I am per I am from Peru. I have an issue with my bench press. When the intensity is higher, the pressing speed is okay. But when I get down, I do it very slow. If I do it fast, I lose strength and stability. Um, so you're saying when the heavier weights, it moves fast. Uh, usually when the heavier weights, it slows down a bit. But it sounds like you're having the problem where you're, you're moving fast. The heavy weights, which is great. But when it's uh, lightweight, you have a hard time doing it at the same speed uh bringing the same intensity uh is, so that's what i'm gathering correct me if i'm wrong but in that scenario um i know sometimes it's it's a little tough when you don't have weight on the bar to bring the same intensity just because it is lighter and whatnot um the key there is really keying in on your back strength and creating that downwards pressure. So I'm going to share this with you guys. And I might leave you with this. Because again, running out of batteries a little bit in the phone. We're also almost not an hour. So I'm going to leave you guys with this. Again, this is going to become a video. So you guys are getting a sneak peek here. Okay, it's going to become a video this week. Alright, sneak peek. There's a scale underneath your shoulders while you're benching. Okay. Say you take out 300 pounds. Alright, I think we can all agree. It's fair to say... 300 pounds would be showing on the scale, right? Makes sense. We, we took out 300 pounds. Body weight aside, you know, we took out 300 pounds. We're loaded on that scale, 300 pounds. Okay, makes sense. Then I want, I'm going to tell you, hey, I want you to make that scale read 400 pounds. How are you going to do that, right? You're going to take the, the 300 pounds you have in your hands and you're going to <clears throat> drive down on that scale. It's like if... If you weighed 300 pounds and you stepped on a scale, or you just put one foot, right, and then you wanted to make it weigh heavier, you know, like someone comes up, sneaks behind you, steps on a scale, um, you're putting force into it, therefore making it heavier. Same concept with the bench. So when you get that weight out, say it's 300 pounds, we don't want the scale to read 300 pounds, we want it to read 400, because you're taking that weight, plus you're creating force down into the pad, and that's what you always have to do. And that's why a lot of people don't get the back tightness they want because they're not creating that force, okay? You can take the weight out. You can hang out with it. You can feel like you're doing something. But until you really put all that force you can back into that scale, you're not really going to create that tightness you want. So I'll leave you guys with that, okay? I think that's a good place to, to end it today. All right, that's a sneak peek in a video coming up very soon. Um, that's a great, great concept that... Um, I want to share with everyone, okay? That's going to help everyone tremendously with their back tightness. But that would be the key with lighter weights, um, bringing the same intensity to it because you don't have as much loading, too, through your shoulders. So you really got to focus on that. All right, guys, I appreciate everyone that tuned in. All right, I want to uh, share with you all our uh, VIP membership or encourage you all to check that out. 
Okay, you can go to bigbenches.com, click on the VIP tab. If you enjoy the content I put out on YouTube, there's even more of it in that group. You can join our team community, access our webinars, access all our programs. You know, we have a program coming out, our six-week off-season program, which is going to be tremendous for you guys getting back into the gym. I'm actually finishing that up today, wrapping it up, and then it's out there. Our VIP members will get that program for free, as like any other program template that we have. Um, therefore, I really encourage you, VIP membership, bigbenches.com. If you want more of what I do there, um, you know it's, it's only $9.99 a month, and uh, we have a way to sign up for an entire year too access all that material or you can get coaching critiques from me as well okay so i appreciate everyone joining in remember next tuesday 12 p.m back on bench talk live i really enjoy talking with you guys i appreciate all y'all that turned in um you're all awesome to chat with you know i see similar people of you uh each each week which is great that you're all continuing to tune in um and just know i really appreciate it so I'm out, guys. Sip of coffee.